You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. Join me as we connect the dots. So far, we've talked through the first two aspects of salvation in justification and sanctification, but the last act of salvation is what's called glorification. Most often when we hear this term, we think of glorification in the future. Uh, We're going to step into God's full glory, and at that moment, we'll leave this world behind and the flesh that has so easily entangled us. We will finally step into perfection. That's something to look forward to. Why is that, that God wants to glorify us? Well, to understand why he wants to glorify us, and that's why our hope is set there, we need to look back. We need to look back at the very beginning of the story. In Genesis chapter 1, he says that he makes man and woman in his own image, in his likeness, so that they could display his glory. The word that's used there is a unique word in Hebrew, which is the word selim. Selim literally is translated through most of the rest of the Old Testament, not as image, but as idol. What's interesting about God's choice of using that word selim in idol is that he's telling his people, I have a specific role for you in making you my image. In the ancient world, when an idol was made, they would go ahead and they would fashion it into a shape, most often in some agreed-upon shape that represented uh, the attributes of some god. After they would do that, then a priest would take that, perform a ceremony, uh, speak some special incantations, sprinkle it with some special water and blood and all these different things that went towards the whole process. And finally, they would breathe upon this idol. And that breath was considered to be the breath of the God that opened up that idol as not so much alive as we think of, but as a portal. It was a way for the God to be able to act and interact with his creations, these people who saw him or her as this special God who was going to watch over, protect, and provide for them. So when God calls his creation, humanity, an idol that he breathes upon with his spirit, what he's saying is not so much, hey, I'm making you alive. He's saying that you have become the portal for the rest of the world to come into interaction with me, to know me, to see me, to be provided by me all that is needed. When we rebelled against God in the very beginning, we said we will be God. We will be the ones that are worshipped and honored and that provide everything that is needed. And the moment we stepped into that role, we cut God off from his rightful role. He allowed us to go down that road because he knew, hey, you're not going to be able to sustain all the stuff you want to sustain. And you'll see this, and you'll turn to me in that moment of need and say, hey, God, can you help save us here? And that's what he's done by redeeming us and justifying us. That's what he's done by sanctifying us and calling us back to himself. 
And as he set us free from this power of sin and death and made us his children, what happens is that we're brought back in to the role for which we were originally made, to show him, to display him, and to bring the world in contact with him. How do we do that? We simply do that by giving our bodies to him, our lives. That's why Paul says to the Corinthians, you've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. And this glorification, this showing who God is, if we're these broken mirrors that don't show the fullness very clearly, it shows a lot more of us than him sometimes, even though we've been brought back to him and immediately at that moment walk into glorification because we've been restored to our rightful place that he gave to us, it still is going to be moving from glory to glory as he describes to the Corinthians in his second letter. And unfortunately, though, that process largely happens through suffering, just like anything in life. You don't get better. You don't move and grow in something except by just walking through the hardships, running farther than what you thought capable, playing for longer than than what you would have wanted. But that's what your piano instructor said, hey, this is what we're going to do and you're going to grow in this process. And so it's, it's in an interesting kind of parallel connection that salvation really has this connected uh, scope to it. Sanctification and all that we do in becoming more and more like him by simply being with him and doing the things that he calls us to, that process brings a lot of suffering. But as we suffer, it shows his glory more fully because we're being who he made us to be. You and I are so messed up, this is not going to happen in this lifetime. We're, we just have, we have too far to go. But this is the great hope. And this is where most of us start this concept of glorification. That someday we will be set free from this body. We'll be able to lay it down like an old garment. And we'll be able to take up this new garment of righteousness and really live to the fullness of what God has made you and I for. In saying all of that, though, glorification is never about us as its most important point. It is always about God. He wants to show himself. He wants to display himself. He's made billions of us because he wants his creation to see the invisible made visible, that we serve as this vessel to show his awesomeness. When we hear that, though, it it raises a natural question, and I think a good question for a lot of us. Is God, like, just some narcissistic being that just needs people to be able to go, oh, you're so awesome, you're so incredible? Not at all. I, I don't know if any of you guys have gotten to see a birth or or you've been able to see a sunrise or or you've been able to just lay out on a hood of a car in just the woods and see just billions upon billions of stars we could keep going on and on with this who made all that who thought all that up who holds all of that and more together that you will never see that you have no idea 
even exist. We are brought to a place of natural glorification when we see these incredible things that God has made. And we're like, you got to see this. This is awesome. This is incredible. And we just, we sit in it and we're overwhelmed by it. And we don't want to move from it. God is the source and the sustainer of all that is. He knows it. He knows that he is the best of all things. And in his great love, he said, I just can't look and enjoy the greatness that I am. I got to share this. I'm going to share this. It's going to be just an incredible price I'm going to have to pay to share this. But I am going to make a creation that is able to see and display my glory as they simply live in relationship with the awesome one. Glorification is the end point of all salvation because glorification is the focus on the true source of all things, our great, glorious, and good God. To Him be praise and honor, both now and forevermore. Amen. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you'd like more information, please visit us at drjasonlanker.com. That's D-R-Jason-L-A-N-K-E-R. May you go in the grace of God, and may you not just understand the Christian faith, but live it more fully this week.